Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Very thankful, everybody, by the way, that everyone that was here last week uh, and joined us for our mission and vision launch. I got a lot of text messages and emails and personal contacts from everybody across the church uh, uh, with positive things to say, and I'm so very thankful for that. I'm so glad that, that it just seems like everybody is getting a hold of this vision that God has given us, the pastor team and the leadership here in what we're doing moving forward. And so I'm very gracious and very thankful for that. As a matter of fact, I think we added a new director, actually co-directors, Sister Heidi Lowersdorf and Sister Andrea Matson have uh, stepped forward and they are going to be our events uh, events directors uh, coming up. And so they're going to assist us when we have special events like the one we had on on, uh, on Sunday afternoon and other things that are coming. So I'm very excited to work with the both of them. So thank you very much. So I'm going to turn, uh, have you turn with me today. You don't have to stand. I know you respect the word of God. Normally we would, but you're standing a long time. 1 Samuel chapter 16. 1 Samuel 16. I want to talk to you today about when we need heart surgery. Now, before we groan and kind of go, oh boy, one of these messages again, I want to tell you, I'm going to be a little atraditional, a little non-traditional in what I want to bring to you, because of course, we've heard a lot of those messages over time, heart condition, God's concerned with your heart, and I'm going to talk about some of those things in scripture today, but alongside what is happening in the church today, the, 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 the things that you feel, the excitement that you feel, the, the, the honest, true anticipation we feel, this isn't, this isn't rah-rah stuff. This is the move of God. I, can't, I just can't help but to get excited when I come in and watch my church and my friends and my family and my brothers and sisters just worshiping God with all their hearts, just in anticipation of what God's going to do. Amen. Amen. And so I just, I just get excited about that, and I know that he's bringing new things. So I'm going to talk, today, talk to you today from a different aspect. We're going to do a little bit of heart surgery today because there's some power that's waiting for you. And there's a message that God has given me specifically for you today. 1 Samuel chapter 16, verse 17 says this. It says, But the Lord said unto Samuel, Look not on his countenance or on the height of his stature, because I have refused him. For the Lord seeth not as man seeth, for man looketh on the outward appearance, but the Lord looketh on the heart. Now, many of you know that the context of what's happening here is Samuel has been directed by God to go to the family, the household of Jesse, and to select the next king of Israel. And so Jesse's got all these wonderful, sharp, strong, masculine, attractive sons that are clearly king material. They're clearly the right, cut from the right cloth, the right idea, exactly what man decided was going to be the ideal king. And so they go through the whole line. I won't go through the story with you. you. Many of you know it. You can read it right there in 1 Samuel. But as they go down the line, God keeps saying, nope, that's not the one. Nope, that's not the one. And finally, he has to say, listen, you're just looking on the outside, but I look on the heart, and we know the rest of the story. He tells them to go get the, the ruddy young man that's out in the field tending sheep. That's your king. Because he looks on the heart. And later, God said to, to, uh, to, or exclaimed about David that he was a man after his own heart. Very, very powerful stuff. 
So we know, again, we know the traditional messages about heart. I got very quiet in here. I don't know if I scared anybody. We know the, tradi- the traditional message regarding the heart. The heart is deceitfully wicked. No one can know it. Who can know it, etc. And, 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 and I, we'll touch a little bit on some of the aspects of that, but I didn't want to get into that. And I'm not here today to tell you all the, that you have stony hearts and that you're, you're wicked and you've got to cut things away. And circum- that's, another, that's another day. That's not today. I want to tell you that there's power in this message for you. And, and if we get a hold of this, this is the next step that God has for us. Literally, this, if we get a hold of this as a church body, as a family, and we really get a hold of what this message that God has given me, he's going to really take it. I promise you that. See, he's spoken to me. He's spoken to our pastor leaders. He's spoken to many of you. And he's just waiting. He's waiting for us to get ready. We've built the structure. We have a lot of our leaders in place. We have the net. Remember the story? We've got the, the building is built. Almost, almost completely. But now it's up to us how we're going to fill it. One of the first things we learn is that the mouth reveals the content of the heart. Brother Matson said it in scripture this morning. Matthew chapter 12 and 34 says this, O generation of vipers, how can ye, being evil, speak good things? For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaketh. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. And an evil man, out of the evil treasure, bringeth forth evil things. But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak, they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. For by the words... Thou shalt be justified, and by thy words thou shalt be condemned. Very, very powerful stuff. See, this condition is scripturally related directly to our effectiveness as Christians. We need a little bit of surgery. But not like the surgery like maybe you've heard in other, other messages. Not like, again, we've got to start cutting. You know, our hearts are circumcised in the salvation process. There's things that are cut away there. I'm talking about like the bionic man type of surgery. You know, there, that if you remember, if I'm aging myself here, I'm talking about we can rebuild it. We can make it better. If we just get a hold of what the real secret in scripture really is. That's the surgery I'm talking about. You see, because the heart reflects our fruit and we know how powerfully important the fruit of the spirit is that we bear as we enact and we reach out to other people. I talked about it last week. As leaders, we are committing that we're going to entreat one another with the fruit of the spirit. We're going to entreat those, those volunteers that work for us in our ministries with the fruit of the spirit. Love and joy and peace and temperance and long-suffering. Those things are critically important to you as a Christian. It literally says in the word, if you don't reflect those things, I'm not sure that we can call each other a Christian if we don't reflect, reflect those things. So that's how critically important those things are. But where do, they, where do they stem from? Where do they grow from? They grow from the heart. It's all contained right here. That's why it's so critically important. We see God speak it to the prophet Jeremiah, and then we hear uh, Jesus directly from the book of Luke Say the same thing. Jeremiah 17 and 7 says, Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters and that spreadeth out her roots by the river and shall not see when heat cometh. You know what that means? 
Trees planted by the waters, we're always likened to being tree, bearing fruit, right? Again, the fruit, it's always about what we're bearing, what we're, what we're transmitting. You ever hear the phrase, boy, that guy's got a great heart. Boy, this church has a lot of heart to it. That person's got a strong heart. People reflect. You do know that you radiate your attitudes. You radiate power and energy by your heart. You ever walk, I, I just mocked the Packers and the Bucks and the Brewers a moment ago for, for praising and worshiping them, but you ever walk into a Bucks game or go into the, the Packers stadium or Badgers or somewhere and you walk in and there's just, it's like the air is vibrating. And you go, wow, there's a lot of energy in this room. Right? Guess where that comes from? People are excited. People are believing that their team is going to be successful. If the... <laughs> I was at a Packer game this last year. There was no energy. <laughs> you understand? We were in the crowd. My wife and I got tickets from her uncle, and we're sitting there, and it was like, yay, Aaron Rodgers is here. They actually won the game. But you understand what I'm seeing? When you walk into that crowd, there's that energy. It's because in their hearts, they are believing that their team is going to be successful. They are excited about this game that's about to happen because they know that their team is really doing really well. Do you know that the Bucks are projected to go to the finals this year? That's awesome. Maybe there'll be some goof in the crowd going like this. Maybe they won't have to. But when you walk into that stadium and you walk down towards where your seat is and you can feel that energy in the crowd, you want to be a part of it. That's why everybody goes lunatic in these things, screaming and yelling and woo. And then some mean pastor comes in or a visiting evangelist comes in and says, oh, you guys all praise the Packers, but you don't praise the Lord. It's because we got a little bit of work to do, a little bit of heart surgery to do. And I'm not talking about this church. We praise the Lord. But when you come walking in that main aisle, and everybody in the room is like, we're going to have a successful day. God's going to move today. There's an energy in the crowd that you are transmitting. See, that comes from your heart. That comes from you believing in what we're doing here. That comes from you believing that there's something great is going to happen today. That spirit of anticipation that says somebody's going to get the Holy Ghost today. Somebody's going to step up this morning, and they're going to feel a healing this morning. I'm telling you, if you get a hold of this and you understand what I'm saying, I'm putting it on you now. I've said to the leadership team, if I'm a fool, if I'm a goof, if I'm just always positive and up and crazy and energetic, fine. Let me be a fool. I'll be a fool for Jesus. If I'm a salesman, if I'm selling it, go talk to the customer and ask how they feel. If you don't believe me, if what I'm saying, if you're not getting it from me, that's okay. If it just looks like I'm selling it and you're not sure what to believe, all right, go talk to the customer if the salesman isn't the right testimony for you. Right, Brother Marty? You see that energy. If you get a hold of this idea and participate in it and really get a hold of it and it connects and people come walking in this place, they're going to feel that energy. They're going to say, wow, something great is going to happen in this room. Even if they've never been in the presence of God before, that energy transmits and they're going to feel it and they're going to start to believe and see that's where God's work really starts to happen with people. If you want to see something awesome happen, Brother Matson, get a hold of this and encourage everybody around you in your circles to get a hold of it. And when we start to see our guests come, I know that when I bring my friend or I bring my unsaved relative or whoever, I want something great to happen in the house of God. I don't want it to be routine. I don't want it to be like that Packer game I was sitting at where we were certain they were going to lose against the Falcons. 
They did happen to win, though. It was like, oh, wow, they won. I guess I should have cheered. <laughs> when it says that the tree doesn't see when the heat cometh, it simply means this, that that tree is so deeply rooted in that water, in that bank by the river, that it's just soaking up those rivers, that you can bring a microwave against those trees, that leaves, and it ain't gonna feel nothing. That's what it's talking about. It's not gonna feel the heat. It doesn't need to feel the heat. I'm telling you, are you hearing me this morning? Get those roots down in the water. Soak up that living water, and you ain't gonna ever feel the heat. But her leaves shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought. I mean, there it is. Anything could come against you if you get a hold of this, and you're not going to feel the heat, and the drought isn't going to affect you, because you're going to be on fire for God. You're going to be at transmitting that energy from your heart, and people are going to come, and they're going to say, I want what they have. I want what that guy's got. I want what she's got. Do you understand? Neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Back on that topic again. Oh man, I hope you got this. Soaking up these waters. The living waters are flowing back and forth in this room. We're standing on the banks right now. The King of Kings and the Lord of Lords is just flooding this place with the waters of life. And it's saying you, you can keep bearing fruit. You see, I know, I want to... Now I'm going to get off my notes and it's going to be all goofed up today. I just, I just feel God so much. I want to tell anybody that's sitting in this, con this congregation right now, the enemy has said to you that you're worthless. It's a lie. The enemy has said that you're never going to bear fruit. How many of you, don't raise your hands, how many of you said to yourself, no one's ever going to come to church because of me. I'm afraid if I don't bear fruit, I'm not going to be saved. Don't raise your hands. But I know it's been in your thoughts. But I'm telling you, if you're like the tree... Planted by the water. You get a hold of this energy and this love and this power from your heart. You're going to bear fruit. You're going to help plant some seeds. You're going to help water some seeds. You're going to help bring some seeds in. You're going to be effective for the kingdom of God. I promise you. That's what he's saying. If you get a hold of this thing. The heart is deceitful, deceitful above all things and desperately wicked. Who can know it? I said a moment ago, we've heard that many times. I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins. You know what that means? It means he checks your mind. He's looking to see what's up here and what's in here. You know, the heart and the mind are connected. And so he tries. He looks into your heart and your mind. Even give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of of his doings. Now Jesus basically says the same thing. He quotes Jeremiah almost in Luke chapter 6 and 43. He says, For a good tree bringeth forth, not forth, corrupt fruit, neither doth a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. For every tree is known by his own fruit. For of thorns men do not gather figs, and nor of bramble bush gather they grapes. A good man out of the good treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is good, and an evil man of the evil treasure of his heart bringeth forth that which is evil. For the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaketh.
We got to start talking it, folks. See, I'm going to take you down the road a little bit here. See, okay, so we're feeling it. We want to be a part of that energy. What we emanate. Do you know that it's, there's, there's, there's scientific math that says that the heart actually radiates energy? You know, we're just energy. We're, this is science now. We're just, if, if all time stopped, we would just fall apart into molecules. We're just, we're just moving pieces of matter, right? We're energy. That's how God created us. A window isn't actually a window. It's actually a bunch of moving stuff really fast. It's all packed together. It's so fast that we can't see it. It feels solid. Okay. We're energy. All right, I'm getting off track a little bit. It gets, it, yeah, bring it back. It'll be all right. But the point is this, is we radiate energy from our hearts. As a matter of fact, there's science that says that 5,000 times more than our brain energy are we radiating from our hearts. God knew what he was doing. It's a powerful thing. And if we get this surgery, if we get this idea and we take hold of what's inside of us and, oh, I'm getting the good side. I'm not even in the good part yet. Oh, man. Listen to this now. This is something I feel like that God gave me. Your heart is the very gateway to your being. It's literally the doorway of what goes out and what comes in. Think about that for a second. Everything that you encounter in life and what you allow to accept into your heart, the negative words of someone, the negative words of the enemy, the positive things that you absorb in your life and good fellowship and good friendship, asking forgiveness of people, giving forgiveness to people, loving people, smiling at the lady at the gas station, doing good things, loving people, it is the gateway. The heart influences our words and our actions. So if we're just kind of loosey-goosey with it, we're not living with intent, we're not intentionally using our heart for the purpose. You know the heart is literally a tool that you can use in your Christian walk to affect other people. If you think about it, if you actually get out of autopilot mode, and tell the devil he's a liar when he says that you're never going to be effective for the kingdom. And you get a hold of this thing, get a hold of the handle, and start using it to reach people. You're going to be extremely powerful. Extremely powerful. Loving one person. Loving them out of the mess that their lives are in. Loving them out of the hell that they're living in is one of the most powerful things that you can ever do in your life. And you don't got to come in wielding a Bible and wrapping them upside the head with it. Just embrace them. Just love them. Just listen to them. And let this thing radiate and radiate and radiate the love that you have for them. If you think about it, if you're intentionally thinking, I'm going to use my heart to affect somebody today. That's what I'm talking about. Proverbs chapter 4 and 23 says, Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Now, if you get into that terminology, the issues of life, it literally means everything around us. It's like everything. It's affected by and affects everything. God could literally strip away the whole rest of our body, put a set of legs and arms and a little head on our heart and walk around, and it would be the same thing that we were when we had a body. 
That's how powerfully impactful that is. That's what that really means. Our heart is everything, is what that's saying. Our mistakes, our transgressions, our failures originate in the heart. Look what God told the prophet Ezekiel in Ezekiel chapter 18. He said, cast away from you all your transgressions whereby ye have transgressed and make you a new heart and a new spirit for why will ye die, O house of Israel? <laughs> make you a new heart. He says again in, verse, excuse me, in chapter 36, verse 26, he says, a new heart also will I give you and a new spirit. You see how he tied the two together twice? That spirit, people feel that. They read that on you. When they come walking in this sanctuary and we're worshiping God with everything we've got, we're not holding back. And okay, now I know some people held back today. We've got some calm people. I also know this. I know that there is at least one or two individuals in this room who wanted to really let fly. They are so desperate to see our church just break out into phenomenal worship. They want to get up here and dance. And they want to shout. And they want to worship God. I know it. I know it's happening right now. But why aren't we doing it? Why aren't we doing it? We have a culture that's kind of calmed us down a little bit, hasn't it? We have a situation here. We've got some heart issues. We've got some surgery that needs to be done. People need to believe that they can break out and be a leader in this area. Do we, I mean, am I talking about being just a hoopla rah-rah church and being goofy and just for the sake of... No, absolutely not. The Bible tells me that when King David was being approached by the Spirit of God and the, death, excuse me, the, the Ark of the Covenant was coming before him, he stripped off his kingly robes and he stood there and he danced before the presence of God and he said, I praise my King of Kings. It's about worshiping the king. It's about getting that heart radiating the power of what people are looking for. What are they really looking for in this life? Somebody who's willing to stand up and say, yes, I worship my king. Come on now. Praise you, Lord. I know there was somebody here today. I know there's people that sit back and go, I wish I could, I wish I had the end of, boy, I'm out of breath. I gotta lose weight. I'm working on it again. But I know there were people that were sitting back going, I wanna go up front like that other person. When we were singing that song, when the spirit of the Lord moves, there's people here that wanted to dance. There's people here that wanted to worship. And the only thing holding them back is right here. I did this one time before. I'm going to do it again. Everybody look at your neighbor, all your neighbors around you. Look behind you. Look in front. Everybody connect eyes. Connect eyes with all your neighbors. Chloe, look at your neighbors. (laughs) I want you to say to your neighbor this. I promise you, hello, there we go, I guess I'm not really good at this yet, I promise you that no matter what happens, I will never, ever judge you for you letting God getting a hold of your heart 
and worshiping with all of your might. Let's stand up right now. Stand up right now and worship God. Worship him like you want to. Yes, thank you, Lord. Woo! I love you, Jesus. Yes, come on now. Somebody in here wants to shout. Somebody in here wants to let go and say, yes, I'm saved. I'm sanctified. I'm Holy Ghost filled. I'm water baptized. Yes. Woo! That's what I'm talking about. Bless you, Lord. You can be seated again. I got to stay behind the pulpit for a minute while I catch my breath. Did that feel bad? Was that, oh, does anybody regret that? Does anybody regret just shooting, shooting a little shout out there? Wish you hadn't done it? Am I fired? Okay, making progress. Look at, what, look at what King David said when he needed to make things right before the Lord. Psalm 51 and 10 says that he said, Create in me a clean heart, O God, and renew a right spirit within me. Did you hear it again? Rob, did you hear it again? Three times. A clean heart and a spirit. The heart and the spirit. Everybody say it with me. The heart and the spirit. Okay? You see what I'm saying? Psalm 139 and 23. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Try and know my thoughts and see if there be any wicked way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. This isn't foolishness. This isn't rah-rah. This is the thing that people are going to walk in and they're going to say, I feel that energy. I feel something different here. And we know what they're feeling is the Holy Ghost. We know what they're feeling is the Spirit of God because I've said it before. They can walk into any church, any Christian church in the United States of America and get a nice handshake. See somebody with a Bible. Sing some pretty songs. Hear a message out of King James Version Scripture. But so often, what they don't get it's the Spirit of God. And it's about your heart. But it's more than just guarding and watching and speaking it and making it right. There's more to it than that. Like I said, there's, it's beyond the old message. We have to understand your heart is literally the ark of modern day. This is now where the Spirit of God resides. And if you emanate, if you radiate that energy that I'm talking about, I'm not saying people are going to treat you like David treated the Ark of the Covenant, stand there and jump up and down and worship in front of you. That's not what I'm talking about. But what I'm saying is they're going to see God in you. They're going to be attracted to you. I want what you have. I feel something about you. There's a young lady that I'm talking to right now, a friend that I met just inconsequentially. She's living an alternative lifestyle. She's an immigrant from another country. She's only been here for a few years. I've had multiple conversations with her about the Lord. And three times while I was just sharing my heart with her, she broke into tears. And she, every time she says, you're going to make me cry. And I'm just talking to her. I'm just 
sharing with her. But every time that happens, see, I'm using my heart on purpose. See, I'm using my heart intentionally. See, I'm not very good at anything in life. Just, just so everybody knows in here, I'm not a very good mechanic. I don't do computer stuff well. I don't build things. I, I can't, I'm not mechanically inclined. I'm not even very good at this pastory stuff. But the one thing that God gave me was very, very important to me during my, my sales career is he gave me a heart of empathy. He taught me not only just to see through people's eyes, but to feel what they were feeling. Do you know that that's not a talent that's exclusive to just one or two people? Do you know that every single one of you in this room has that ability? You know why? Because you're all filled with the same Holy Ghost I am. Folks, today, I want you to join me and put the devil on notice. I'm putting the devil on notice today that Abundant Life Apostolic Church is going to be taught and encouraged and embraced to turn on the switch and become aware that their heart is a powerful, powerful tool that they are going to use to see people saved. See, the enemy has always wanted you to just be quiet. Doubt yourself. Assume that you're never going to affect anybody. Know that you're, no one's ever going to come to church because of you. Know that nobody else wants this, this deal that we're doing anymore. We've capped it out. That's what the enemy wants you to understand. And I'm putting the devil on notice today. And I want you to join me and put the devil on notice today and say no more. Am I living on autopilot? No more. Am I going to listen to that stuff? No more is my heart going to be switched off. I'm taking it in my hand today. It is going to be a weapon, a weapon, a weapon that I am going to use every step of every waking moment of the day that I live. Everywhere I go, folks, I learned this from Brother Kylie. We, you know, we serve one of the most wonderful, heart-feeling shepherd pastors I've ever known. And I learned from him, just love people. Just love people actively, intently, and just courageously love people. But you know what? I know this also. It starts inside here. It starts inside here. We have got to start loving one another like we've never loved before. Embracing one another, trusting one another, getting over things, forgiving people, just letting it go, just embrace them. We gotta get off of our little agenda for our little piece of ground and worried about our little area of space and our, what's our little thing gonna be. And we gotta start thinking outside of this mind and outside of these walls and outside of what our purpose really is. Because if you turn this on, for out there, and you turn it off for here and for this. If we get rid of what we're worried about for this, and we just throw it all out there, God is going to just richly and powerfully and abundantly bless you. I know that for a fact. And we'll see people come to this church in droves. You feel like you don't have a purpose in the kingdom, you're never going to affect anybody? Get a hold of this. There'll be people coming in here. I'll be grabbing you. Hey, can you minister to this person? Can you teach this person a Bible study? Hey, can you work over here with this? Because we got so many folks that we need to embrace. 
You'll have purpose, I promise you. You'll have a place in the kingdom. Don't worry about whether that little job's going away because Brother Cordell decided to chain, turn the whole church upside down and change the ministries here. Don't worry about any of that stuff because ultimately, it's all nothing if we're not loving everybody with everything that we have. Abraham Lincoln once wrote this. I love this quote. I am not bound to win. I am bound to be true. I shared with Brother Matson, John Matson, the other day. Do you know that competitiveness is not a fruit of the Spirit? Come on, we got a whole world out there that's telling you be competitive, be all you can be, just do it, right? That the culture just pumps it into us all the time. Be competitive. Compete with one another. It's a winning spirit. When that goofy quarterback from Carolina lost the Super Bowl a few years ago, he acted like a complete fool, an idiot. He was a terrible example to children and to, to fans. You know what they said? He's just passionate about the game. Pathetic. Competitiveness is not a fruit of the spirit. But Abraham Lincoln said, I'm not bound to win. I'm bound to be true. He also said, I'm not bound to succeed. What? That's the other thing this world pumps into us. Success. Guess what? That's not a fruit of the Spirit either. God will make us successful. You do not make you successful. And Abraham Lincoln knew it because I'm not bound to succeed, he said. I am bound to live up to the light that is within me. He was talking about the heart. He was talking about this. Abraham Lincoln knew. He knew back then that this is what is the most important thing. And if it was good enough for him, it's good enough for me. The word says that you'll not hate another brother in your heart. You shall not take vengeance or bear any grudge against your children, the children of your people, but you should love your neighbor as yourself. I am the Lord, he says in Leviticus 19. A new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, but you also love one another. But this is all will, excuse me, by this all will know that you are my disciples if you have loved one for another. If we have consternation and friction and problems in here and things that are going on and we bring new people in, I'll tell you this right now, God will not send them. Now I want you to understand, we don't have a rampant problem with this. I'm heading it off at the pass. But if we start conflicting, things are changing. Your pastor's changing. I'm sorry. I wish Brother Kylie would stay the age he is right now forever and we would just serve and work with him and that'd be great. But see, now is the opportunity for the enemy to get in between us and start to cause a little bit of conflict, a little friction. Wait a minute, I don't like how you're doing that. I'm not so sure that's the way I would do that. And et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And we're worried about this, this temporal thing. And if God sends someone into that mess, they're gonna pick it up and they're gonna be like, nope, I'm not in this. So I'm putting the devil on notice right now. We don't do that here. I told you guys about the sales team I worked with in Waukesha. They literally ran a young lady out of the office. She was backbiting and doing all this stuff and always complaining about everything. And the team stood up and said, stop. We don't do that here. We're a family. We support one another. We love one another. And if you don't like it, there's the door. And that's what she said. And she packed her stuff up, said, okay. And out the door she went. But they were so protective of the culture that they had built in that office. They understood 
that that love that they had for one another was making us successful. You see what I'm saying? This my commandment, that you love one another, is I have loved you, John 15 and 12. Beloved, if God so loved us, we also ought to love one another, 1 John 4 and 11. Beloved, let us love one another, for love is of God, and everyone who, love, who loves is born of God and knows God. He, does not, he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. I'm sorry I'm going so fast, there's a lot of scriptures. 1 John 4 and 7. Very sorry, Sister Nell. She's our new director for the deaf ministries, by the way. Finally, 1 John 3 and 14 says, we know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. You hear what it said? See, in the old way, in the old out there culture, we were dead. But when we were saved, we became part of life. And he literally says, because we love the brethren. You hear that? He who does not love his brother abides in death. Whoever hates his brother is a murderer, and you know that no murderer has eternal life abiding in him. 1 John 3 and 14. Amazing. That's great stuff. Before God Almighty, I'm telling all of you right now, I love all of you. I love you. You heard me, God. Here's another great quote. You'll love this. Whether or not someone is truly loved by you is not based on your declaration of it but by their testimony of it, that they know it. You know who said that? Russ Cordell. Just now. Literally. That's what God gave me in this message. He said, just because you love somebody and you decide that you love somebody and you think they should know it is worthless. It doesn't matter until that person knows that I love them. It's from him. And finally, loving our neighbor as ourselves. I won't go through the scriptures. You know them. Leviticus 19, Matthew 22, Galatians 5. We are commanded to love our neighbor as ourselves. That simply means as much as you would take care of your own self, all of the law is fulfilled in that concept. So here's where we can go, and I'm concluding right now. Here's where we can go with this. First and foremost, we need to declare to one another and to ourselves that God has a tremendously powerful ability in you, you and within you resides the Holy Ghost, the most powerful force in all of the world, God's Spirit. It resides in you. You are not worthless. You are not lost and drifting. You are not incapable of being used powerfully in the kingdom of God. And I'm telling you that right now. Same for you. You're not worthless. You are not incapable of doing powerful things in the kingdom of God. Because you have a heart. Because you have his spirit. Because you have the attitude and the family, and the desire, and the knowledge. Everything that you need is within you right now to be extremely powerful in the kingdom. 
If you just turn this thing on, if you turn this on and say, okay, I've got it. I've got a powerful tool that resides inside me. If you do this heart surgery today, and I'm talking about the bionic, bionic mankind, where you add, add some pieces on, sew some things in, grab some scripture and lay it over there. Use that decoupage stuff or whatever, whatever you've got to do. But take this thing and build it into something greater than you've ever expected of yourself before. Accept it and expect great things to happen within you because God is saying it to you right now. All of you, every soul in this room is not excluded from this message. Every single one. We're going to ignite this new love thing in our families too and I want to, I want to end with this today. This is the last part. It starts at home. And folks, I've said this from this pulpit before. I'm going to do it one more time. There are far too many names and faces that I don't see here today that were once here. There are mothers and fathers in this room that deeply in their hearts are hurting and concerned and worried about children that have wandered, that are struggling. Don't you dare call them backsliders. Don't say anything. I don't want to hear any of that negative stuff that they're this or that or whatever. We're all in a different place with God. Some of them just aren't here right now. They're just trying to find their way. They're seeking God. You may not understand it. You may not see it. But I'll tell you what. I'm going to defend them. Fiercely defend the children of my brothers and sisters against anybody in this room that would attack them with a term like backslider or judge them on how they're living their lives right now. How dare you? And how dare the devil put that into our congregation? This is going to start right here at home. Right now. We're going to put the devil on notice. Devil, that family is ours. That's our territory. They're full of the Holy Ghost. They're full of God's Spirit, one time or another. That's our territory. Devil, you've got no place in it. And we're coming for them. We're coming for them. We're going to pray. We're going to worship. We're going to reach out to them. I'm not going to stand by anymore and watch one more mom concerned about the lost child she has or the lost relative that isn't seeking God. I'm telling you right now, if they've got a piece of the Holy Ghost in them that big, they're still part of the family of God. So they're struggling a little bit. They're hurting a little bit. Maybe they're drifting. Maybe they've done some things. Things have gone wrong. So what? As long as God Almighty's Spirit is on nurse, they've got a chance, just as good as you and I do. We, never, we need everybody on board this train, folks, if you get what I'm saying. Brother and Sister Dretzka, Sister Dretzka's not here today, Brother Dretzka, for your Monday night family prayer time, I'm asking you today to put a segment dedicated in your Monday night prayer time completely focused on specific names, children, family members, people who resided in this church full of the Holy Ghost that the enemy has wandered them out into, into that mess out there. And we're gonna bind together and we're going to believe that God's going to start bringing our children home. Will you do that with me? Sister Brown, your Friday night prayer ministry, same thing. I'm asking you today, you and Aaron, where, I think he's in the room somewhere. There he is. Oh, yeah, he's helping me with my scriptures today. I'm asking you guys to put a segment in your prayer time focused exactly on this message because it starts at home. No more are we just going to sort of let that just kind of drift by. The enemy's got a hold of some of our family members, and we're coming for them. We're going to come back and get them. 
and they're gonna come back here. I see it and I know it. Believe it. Believe it with me today. Believe it with me today. We're gonna see ours come home in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Stand with me. This, stand, go ahead and stand this morning. If I can get a musician at the piano. I need everybody on board this train. Because I can't do it alone. Brother Kylie can't do it alone. Our six pastors can't do it alone. We need this whole congregation 100% bought in. Sold out, bought in, whatever you want to call it. We need everybody on this train. It's serious business now. We're out of the Bush League. We're not in the Little Leagues anymore. This is the majors. Okay? God is calling this church to a new place. I've been saying it for months. It's not just words. We're doing things. We're getting after it. We're getting the enemy mad. And we're going to fight him. You think I'm lit up this much because I just feel real good about being in church today? Absolutely not. I'm on fire because God is saying, I'm going to do something in this church. And I believe it with everything I have. Every name, every concern needs to be known. We need to speak it out. See, the devil doesn't want that. He wants us quiet. But I want to say some names. Mom and dad, don't be ashamed if your child is struggling and wandering right now. And you let me know if somebody calls them a backslider. But you put that name out there. Don't be ashamed. Don't feel bad. You didn't do anything wrong. That's a lie from the devil. That's a lie from misguided people who say, well, if you'd been a better parent, maybe they'd still be here. I'll have words with anybody that says that. But mom and dad that's hurting right now, brother or sister that's hurting right now, I'm serious about this. Every name, every concern, we need to speak it out. God, we're lifting them up to you today. God, we're giving our family back to you today. We're not going to stand by and watch them walk off a cliff because pride says don't tell anybody that my kid is struggling. Or shame says don't, don't let anyone know my son is struggling with his walk. Or my mom doesn't want to come to church because she thinks we're heretics or whatever the situation is. No more are we going to stand by and just accept this as the norm. Why? Because we have powerful hearts full of the Spirit of God. And we got to recognize it and wake up and live with intention and say we're going to be victorious. We're going to be victorious. That's right. Come on. Someone with a, someone with a child. Step up. Who's going to pray for that son or daughter, that mom or dad, that sister or brother? Come on. Let's talk, talk to God. Believe that what we're saying today. Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.